I want you to turn to Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1. Uh, while uh, you're turning there, Richard, if you could put up picture number 1, please. Hopefully you've got a chance to meet my family. This is my son. Isn't he cute? He's a cool guy. That's Brock. Uh, Brock, he just turned four. This is uh, right up here in the front after church. He stood that way and uh, he said, Daddy, is this how you stand when you talk to people? And uh, I said, yeah, I guess that's it. That's me right there. And uh, so that's my son, Brock. Um, but I want to tell you a little short story to, to get into the message tonight. Uh, my son just turned four on July 31st. Uh, you can go ahead and move to the next picture, Richard. This is Brock at his fourth birthday party. We had a Toy Story party. Anyone like Toy Story? Love, yeah, love Toy Story. We had a Toy Story party, and you got to love going to kids' parties, right? They're fun. You know, I was telling Richard earlier, you know, Man, well, it's going to be terrible when we get old. Uh, that's not, doesn't sound good coming from the pulpit. I mean, I don't want to grow up. I like to go to the kids' stuff, right? I like Toy Story parties. We got to play the games where you throw the snake in the boots, these little things. You throw them in the boots and stuff. Uh, but this is Brock, and we had a great birthday party. Um, when it came time at the end of the birthday party, there's always one thing that everybody loves at the party. What is it? The cake. Some of you say presents, maybe. Because presents, you, you know, you like a lot of stuff. But I like the cake. We all come to the party and we're wondering at the end, like, I can't leave until I get the cake. Go ahead and put the cake up, Richard. I think we've got the cake there. This is uh, my sister-in-law made this cake. This is uh, Brock's fourth birthday cake, the Toy Story cake. Man, it tasted good, too. It was a lot of sugar, you know. We love the sugar. Uh, but we got this cake. And uh, just like anybody, you eat the cake and you slice up the cake and you pass out the birthday cake and... Uh, I don't think we had ice cream or anything. Do we have ice cream? No, we had just cake. Um, but it's better with ice cream. Um, but you get the cake, and everyone gets cake. But you know what? Every time after a birthday party, there's a lot of cake left over, right? You always make too much cake. Now, this is a big cake here. Um, the top two are just fake. They're made of cardboard, and they're decorated. So don't think we had that much cake. But we had a lot of cake left over. And um, sitting there, and we're all cleaning up, and we're like, what are we going to do with the cake? You want to take the cake home? No, I don't need the cake. You know, we say that after we just ate three pieces or whatever. I don't need the cake, but I want it, you know. Uh, I don't need the cake. And so, what, do you want to take the cake home? No. So what we did is we took the cake and we threw it in the trash. What? You know, some people might say, you wasted a cake. What about the kids in Africa that need the cake? Well, we're not going to send them cake, but um, maybe we should. Um, but you wasted the cake. Here's something about cake. It's okay to waste cake. Because you know why? Because there's usually another birthday party in like two days, three days. There's always more cake. See, some things in life, it's okay to waste them. Because you know what? They're replaceable. It's not really a big deal. We don't want to be wasteful, but you understand the picture is that some things... We're going to get another cake. I don't have to worry about if I'm going to get cake again. It's not, I have to preserve it and hold on to it and treasure the cake, okay? Some things in life we can afford to waste, but other things we cannot afford to waste. We think about our lives. We think about time. There's only so much time. You only get one life. You only get one shot. 
You only get one time to do whatever it is you're going to do in this life. You only get one. So when it comes to cake, it's okay to waste the cake. Throw the cake in the trash can. You probably don't need it because you're going to get plenty later. But when it comes to life, when it comes to what we're doing, it's very important that we do not waste it. You only get one. There's no do-overs. So when we, when we think about that, we start to ask the question, well, how do I make sure that I'm not wasting my life? Because there's a lot of things that can take up our time. Because, you know, life is time. Did you know that? Life is made up of years. You know, however long you live, those years are made up of months. And the months are made up of days. And the days of hours and the hours, minutes. And you get the picture. When you waste a minute, when you waste an hour, when you waste a day, you are wasting your life. Okay? We don't want to do that. So how do we make the best of it? Well, we start to ask questions like, why? Why am I here? Uh, okay, so i got to make the most of it. Well, wh- what am I supposed to do with it? You know, we got to ask these questions. It's very important. And tonight I want to speak on the fact that that is the same for the church. Do you realize that? Do you believe that it's possible? That it's possible? I am not going to say that this church is doing this, but I want to question. Because life and time, there's only one, and we only get a certain amount of time, and there's a lot of urgent things to do. Is it possible that a church could be wasting its time? Could be spending time doing the wrong things? There is. I, I, the, the first time I preached this message... Uh, I went to a church uh, up in Valley City, Ohio, and the church has had about maybe 20 people there. Um, and over the years, it has dwindled down and dwindled down, and you have to ask the question, why is the church doing what God said the church is supposed to do? Because if we're doing what the church is supposed to do, the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's, there's, failure is not in the plan, okay? It's not in the plan. So we're going to ask the question tonight, what is the purpose of the church? How do we know that we're doing the things here at Fellowship that matter? How do we know if we're doing it right? This is so important. We do not want to mess this up, okay? So let's turn in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 27. I'm turning in my Bible, but I don't even need to. It's right there. That's fantastic. All right, I'm going to get there. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 27. Let's read the verse, and we'll pray, ask God to help us, and we'll get started. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Paul is going to encourage the church, and he's going to tell them kind of what they need to be doing. He says, with your conversation, your lifestyle, let it make the gospel look good. We're going to get a clear picture that it's all about the gospel. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind. Before we get into this, I need to explain that there's a lot of different people here. We know that. Different ages, different interests. But for some reason, the Apostle Paul is telling the church, he said, listen, there's supposed to be one mind in the church. 
There's supposed to be one thing that we all come together on, one thing that's most important, one thing that binds us, one thing that we are all about. That you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together. That's a novel idea. A church that doesn't pull apart. A church that's not pulling in two different directions, but that everybody of all ages, of all interests, is pulling together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you to please help us. Uh, Father, I, I know there are some here that need to be encouraged, and I pray they would be encouraged tonight. I know, Lord, that there are some that need to be challenged. Uh, God, I know that many times you need to challenge me. You need to uh, question what it is that I'm doing. And God, I pray as you've given us one chance in this life and you've brought us here to this church, God, you've given us something to do and I pray we would know what it is. We don't want to come to this church and we don't want to put so much energy and so, many, so much money and so much time into this and do it wrong. God, help us to know what it is you want us to do. And I pray, God, tonight, if there's a heart that needs to be broken, I pray you'd break it. God, I pray if there's uh, people that need to be motivated, I pray you would motivate. God, I pray whatever it is you need done here in this place that you would do it. And we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can have your word to go to for the answers. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is the purpose of the church? Paul is telling these men, this church here, what are we supposed to be doing? The purpose of the church, the one focus of the church, we read in Philippians 1.27, is the gospel. Can you say it with me? Gospel. Say it. That's a good one. I like that word. It is the... You guys are weak. Let's say it. Ready? One, two, three. Gospel. It is the gospel. It's the good news. Listen, we went to the prison and it was so great because it's really, you kind of question, what am I supposed to preach about? Well, we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to tell somebody, listen, your life doesn't have to be messed up. Your life doesn't have to be one of missing joy, one of missing satisfaction. That's not how it needs to be. You don't need to be searching for this thing and then you try it out and it feels good for a while and then it wears off and you got to go from one thing to the next. That's not what life is supposed to be. Life is supposed to be abundant. Life is supposed to be, it's all about the gospel. See, Christ made a way for us to be restored back to God. That is the gospel. God in human flesh came down as Christ. He lived a perfectly sinless life. He, was, he, he died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again so that we can be right with God. This is the gospel. This is why we're together. We don't come here together uh, just for fun. Uh, we have fun. I like to have fun. We like to eat together. We like to play together. We like to go do stuff together. Love to go to war room together. That was cool. Um, but you know what? We're here for one purpose, and it is the gospel. We, and I want to ask a question. Where do we get our purpose? Where does it come from? It comes straight from Jesus. Okay comes right from the top. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. And I want to take a look at where Christ tells us our purpose, okay? We need to get our instructions here. All right, all right. Matthew chapter 28 Verse number 18. 
And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That phrase, teach all nations, means to make disciples, okay? We go everywhere and find people and help them to follow Jesus and become Christians, okay? Um, So what do we do then? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Our whole purpose is found right here in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I love it. When I can find something to do in the church that lines up with one of these things, uh, going and telling somebody about Jesus or, or somebody getting baptized. I love to see people baptized here. You get to hear their testimony. It's great. Uh, or, or when you're involved in teaching somebody something that Jesus taught you. That's in the middle of it, okay? That's when you know you're doing the job, is when you're doing part of that. But this is our, this is our job. This is what the purpose of the church is. But I want us to focus in on verse 18 for a second. I want us to see not only the purpose of the church, but the power of the church and in the church. Verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, listen carefully. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. How much power? All power. All power. Jesus stops before he ever gives the command and he makes a claim. He makes a claim and he stops and he he stands there before his disciples, those that are going to begin the church, those that are going to pass on to faithful men that are going to teach others, that are going to teach others. And then we end up here at Fellowship Baptist Church. You see how this works? Um... But he stops and he says something. He says, all power. That word power is the same word authority. Authority. It's, a, it's all authority, all power. Uh, authority means having the power of choice, having the liberty to do as one pleases, having the authority and the right to direct as one pleases. Jesus says, all of the authority... Every bit of authority. Now, we understand authority. We've got bosses and managers. We've got police officers. Um, I'm not, should I tell on myself? No, it's not beneficial. Okay, okay. So I got a ticket when I was 16, and I never got one until Friday when we were going up to the prison. These guys were, me and Ron were talking, and man, I know authority. I have... (laughs) I didn't have any on the highway, apparently. I have no authority to say no, but the officer has the authority. You know, he's got the power. Give it to him by the government and us to make us give him money, you know, whatever. Um, but we understand authority. Jesus says that all authority is his. All the authority in heaven. Do you understand that up in heaven, when Jesus says, do something to the angels, the angels do it. He has the authority to command them. When, when he says, they do. And that's, that's how it works up in heaven. And down on earth, he has that same power. All through the Bible, through the Gospels, we get to see Jesus in action with his authority. 
uh, when it comes to forgiving sins. He tells, he, he has the power to forgive the sins. He has the authority to do so. When, when somebody comes to Jesus, whether they have legs that are lame from birth or eyes that are blind, and he, he comes face to face with disease, he makes the disease go away because he has the authority and the power to do so. When the demons uh, come face to face with Jesus, they know who he is, and they know, they know that they have to listen to him. Because when the demons come face to face to Jesus, and Jesus says, get out, do you know what the demons need to do? Do you know what happens? They just go. Because he has the authority to tell them to go. Everything that Jesus tells to do something, it just happens. Uh, when Jesus was sleeping on the boat, you know, he told the men to go to the other side, and he gets in there sleeping in the boat, and uh, the storms are going crazy, and they think their life is going to end. Jesus comes up, and he actually talks to the wind, then he talks to the waves, and he says, peace be still. Now, I am crazy enough to believe that um, when Jesus says something, because of his authority, he is just expecting something to happen. And that something to happen is the command that he gives. He is just expecting that when he talks to the waves, I can try and talk to the waves, and you probably make fun of me. Uh, you know, you can go out there and do that. Hey, just go try it. You know, peace be still. It probably won't work because you don't have the authority. But Jesus, he says to the waves, peace be still. And I don't think they just kept on rocking for a little while. I think it stopped. I think the waves just stopped. Peace be still. And the Bible says that it all just stopped, the waves and the storm and everything, because Jesus has power to command the winds and the waves. When we go back to the book of Genesis, we know that God, Jesus, was God before. He was in the beginning. And in the beginning, Jesus said, let there be light. Boom! You know, I don't know how it happened, but we know what happened. Let there be light. Creation happens just based upon his authority to speak things into existence. Now that same power, that same authority is right here in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. He just pauses with a quick reminder and says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, he's probably standing up straight. I'm just picturing that something's about to happen. Jesus is going to make a command. Jesus is going to give an order. And when Jesus gives an order, the pattern in Scripture that something happens next. And he says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go... Ye. Now this is crazy to me because everything is obligated to obey Jesus right away. The wind and the waves, they don't have, uh, they don't have any time to deliberate. Uh, they don't have any, oh, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, maybe the other waves should go stop, but we'll stay still. Um, God gives this great thing called free will to us, and for some reason, he says go. Now, in this specific instance, I have a feeling because Jesus was present, standing right in front of the disciples, he said, go ye. Um, and uh, my last point, if you're a note taker, we've got the purpose of the church, the power of the church, and the people. So we're at the people, okay? Uh, he says, go ye. He says to the disciples, go. Go ye in the Bible, uh, in the Greek. It's not two words like we have, go ye. It's not two, it's just one means, listen to this, it means to go from one place to another place. It means to travel. It means to carry over, straight out of the lexicon, love it, um, to carry over. Jesus was telling his disciples right then and there, because I have all authority, I'm telling you right now, go. 
from one place to another. I don't think that they stood there. I feel like when he said that, they got going. They didn't stand around and talk. They didn't deliberate. It's, it's you know, when we give instruction to our kids sometimes here on earth, we say, hey, uh, go change your clothes. Go clean this. Go pick up your toys, son. Go sit down and eat your food. And sometimes he doesn't listen, but he should, or, and Lana should, and my, you know, your kids should, or whatever. But from the one that has all authority, he has issued a command, and he says to go. So we have a choice to make when it comes to going. God was telling them to carry something over from one place to another. How many of you like football? You like football? Yeah? All right. Let me, let me, let me illustrate here. We all have a message, right? What is the message that we have? It is called the... The gospel. We have a message called the gospel. And Jesus says uh, to everybody in the church that this message of the gospel is yours to carry. He tells you, go ye. Uh, go ye. Uh, and what we do is we stop. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for someone to give you permission? Because we don't need to ask permission. Hey, can I go tell somebody? No, no. Jesus already told you. Sometimes we look around and we wait for others to take the lead. But that's not the question. The question is, will we do what we're asked to do? Um, I want you to turn in Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to illustrate something. I want you to see God's plan for sharing this message of the gospel. Because sometimes we say, I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm not gifted in this. Um, Sometimes we say, Oh, they're gifted. That young couple, look at them. They are gifted and talented, and that's their job. Let's, uh, let's hire someone to do the work of the ministry, okay? In Ephesians chapter 4, it's a really interesting passage. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse number 10, it says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave... Some. So what the Bible is saying here is that the, the ascended Christ, he gave some people or some positions or some leadership people to the church, okay? Here, we're going to list them, and we know about these people. Uh, and he gave some apostles. Well, we know the apostles, they passed away. And some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. We see some of these people around functioning in the church, right? We see the pastors. We see the teachers. We see the evangelists. But why are they here? Why did Jesus gift them to us? For what purpose? Look in verse number 12. For, for the reason of, for the perfecting of the saints. Who's the saints? Raise your hand if that is you. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're saved, that should, you should raise your hand. You are the saints, Okay. So the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists, they are given for, for the reason to perfect the saints, to help you become mature, uh, to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Uh, They come and they teach and they tell us how to live uh, according to the Bible. They teach us how to fight spiritual warfare. They teach us uh, how we're supposed to live this life. So these leaders are for the purpose of perfecting the saints. Why are they perfecting the saints? For the work of the ministry. 
God gives pastors and teachers and evangelists the job. Their job is for perfecting the saints. But why is it that you're being perfected? For, for the reason to be doing the work of the ministry. Do you realize that? It is not the job, uh, you, we don't pay. This is not, we, this is uh, Christian culture sometimes, is to pay someone to do the work. You say, who's going to clean the bathroom? Well, the pastor's going to clean the bathroom, or the assistant. Let's, uh, let's let Pastor Joe clean the bathroom, or let's let Pastor Tyler clean the bathroom. Uh, he, he's, he's got plenty of time ahead, and he can clean those, you know. Uh, but we pay people to do the work of the ministry. And when it specifically comes to sharing the gospel, God is very clear that the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists are for perfecting the saints. And it is the job of every member, the pastor, the, the teacher, the evangelist, the layperson, the deacon, the usher, the weekly church attender. It is everybody's job to take the gospel. Everybody's job. This is uh, football, okay? Um, I've been using this in my class. I'm teaching a class called Sharing the Gospel with Confidence. That's a plug. Uh, we have one more week left. Next week at 10 a.m., you can come. Room 106, okay? Uh, I wrote on this the gospel because I realized that the gospel is a lot like this football because in the game of football, you don't score points unless you take the ball across the goal line. And I want to make it clear, uh, who wants the football? This guy wants the football. There you go, buddy. Just do the football in the church, okay? Uh, listen, the football represents the message. I want you to imagine right now that every one of you has the football. Pastor doesn't have the football. I mean, he has it. He is a Christian. But I, I, I want you to take your eyes off everyone else. I want you to say, I've got the football. Just say it with me. That's fun. I've got the football. Listen, the football is not getting to the goal line unless you take it there. The pastor, you got to come to church so that you can be perfected as a saint so that you can go do the work of the ministry. Why do we go do the work of the ministry? Look at the verse in verse 12. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the building up. We want to build up the body. Listen, we're, we're all about having more people at church. Do you know why? Because more people is more souls. That means we're out sharing the gospel. People are getting saved. That's a good thing. Uh, that's the idea. The pastors and teachers train us so that we can do the work of the ministry so that the church can be edified and built up. Does you see the plan of God in this? That is the idea. We are to do the work, okay? We all have the football. We all have the gospel. And it's not going anywhere unless we take it somewhere. You see, the goal of the church is to share the gospel. And the church is not Pastor Tyler, Pastor Joe, Pastor Dave, I'm going to forget people, Richard, you know, that's not the church. You and I are the church. Every one of us makes up the church. The church is not a building. The church is not, oh, Fellowship Baptist Church is the leaders of fellowship. No, Fellowship Baptist Church is us. We are the church. The church is people. So if the goal of the church is to share the gospel, then your goal ought to be to share the gospel. See, what happens is Jesus, he starts saying things like, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. He starts saying things like, whosoever will save his life, that means keep it for yourself, will lose it. Lose it means to squander it. Because it only when you live for yourself, those things you do only last for this life. And eternity is a whole lot longer than this short life. Life is like a vapor. Um, but the purpose of the church is to share the gospel. And so when Jesus says to follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You know, I've heard it said, I love the quote, if you're not fishing, then you're not following. A person that follows Jesus does go and take the message to other people. 
Okay, that's what we do. This is, this is all that we do. And if we don't, if we come week in and week out and never, ever, ever, ever do that. I've heard, I read a statistic this past week that only, I was less than 2% of Christians have ever, one time, shared their faith with another person. 2%. Why are we here? That's what, I, it makes me question, well, what is it that we do all week long? Well, we work. Well, why do we work? To make money. So why do we make money? So that we can live really good lives later on when we get old. Um, No, no. We are here in our jobs. Everything that you do is to be oriented. We need to rearrange our priorities to match God's priorities. Um, God's goal is that every person be saved. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you understand? Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. And if it was the whole reason that Jesus left heaven was to seek and to save those that were lost, don't you think that ought to be somewhere on our priority list? It is so important to me that we get this. It is the heart of God. I want us to look back in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Remember what it says at the end. That ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Nowadays, excuses like, I don't know how, um, I'm afraid to, those are, those are simply excuses. I don't know how um, is, is not a very good one. It used to be good. It used to be a really good excuse. Uh, I don't know how to fix that car. I don't know how to fix my computer. I don't know how to do these things. Nowadays, you can do a Google search, and I did one about how to share your faith. And uh, in 0.26 seconds, I got 94 million results of explaining to me how I can share Jesus Christ. Um, there's no excuses that we have. It's just a, it's a matter of obedience or disobedience. Um, and I know it can be hard. And I want to encourage you that it can be hard. But even though it's hard, Jesus is still asking us to follow. Even though it can be difficult, it's a matter of, am I willing to, I use the word suffer, am I, am I willing to get a little bit uncomfortable to obey Jesus? And one thing I want to encourage you with before we have a time of prayer is uh, a quote I've heard, is that whenever we step outside of our comfort zone, we step right into God's comfort zone. Listen, it's, it's not comfortable at first to start sharing the gospel. And according to all the statistics, you know, some of us just need to start. I just encourage you to start. I encourage you to try. I encourage you to find somebody that knows how and, and you, you get their help. I encourage you just to, the same way you share about your favorite dessert or your favorite dinner or that cool restaurant you went to, with that same passion, just share how much you love Christ. The purpose of the church is to share the gospel. And so that makes it my purpose, and that makes it your purpose. So, you know, we go back to our original question. Is it possible we could be wasting time? Well, yes, we sure can. And I think we waste a, a little too much of it sometimes, and we just need to face it. And so I, I pray for you. Um, I, 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 I'm going to pray for you this week. I, I pray for this church all the time that God would help us to share the gospel. Uh, we don't want to miss out on the whole point. 